Welcome, everybody. You are listening to the Long Overdue Podcast, a production of the Decatur Public Library in Decatur, Texas. Uh, today we have Denise and myself, Chris, and we have a special guest joining us today, Miss Janice Watkins. Yes. From Wise Hope in Decatur. And she's going to tell us a little bit about the empty place at the table to raise it's uh, awareness for domestic violence is that is that correct yes that is correct okay and and then also about wise hope and uh, the services they provide and what they're helping people with here in decatur and wise county all right so <laughs> so if you've been into the library at all this month you might have seen a little table with a place setting right when you come in right before you enter and uh, get to the front desk and that is an empty place at the table and there's a poem i believe framed on there yes janice if you could tell us a little bit more about that sure so the empty place at the table is a representation of those that have lost their lives to domestic violence and so it's it's representing the fact that there's nobody there that should be there. And um, throughout the state of Texas in the last year for 2017, there was approximately 150 deaths due to domestic violence. And so we, um, this is a, the empty place at the table is a nationwide campaign or exhibit, I should say, that is placed up in different locations around communities for the month of October uh, as a way to raise awareness for those that have lost their lives. Yeah, I remember when uh, I saw it, I was just like, I I felt impacted by it just by looking at it. And then reading the poem, I was just like, oh, (laughs) yes, yes, definitely a powerful display, a powerful image. Yes, it definitely, it definitely is a, a way for people to see that definitely has an impact. And then we always also like to think about those families that truly are experiencing. That's just a small display, but those that are truly experiencing the empty place at the table, especially with the upcoming holidays and things of that nature where families get together and there's possibly somebody missing because of a tragedy such as domestic violence. So I saw on your facebook page which by the way wise hope has a facebook page um any other social media yes yeah um we have a facebook page it's a friend page so if you wanted to friend wise hope we also have a couple business pages as well but our friend page stays the most active we have a business page for wise hope wise county wise hope montague county and wise hope jack county we serve all three counties so we have business pages Mm -hmm. for all of those and but the wise hope friend page is the best one to go to for um staying connected with all of our upcoming events um statistics awareness things of that nature cool um i saw that you guys were doing a candlelight vigil Yes, Wise County just hosted our candlelight visual with a small group of folks there. And we've got Bowie on the 16th, and then Jack Sparrows is going to be the 23rd. Okay. And we at the vigils, we just take time to honor the, the survivors and, um, and remember those who have lost their lives to domestic violence. And sometimes we'll have a guest speaker or something of that nature as well. Okay, wow. 
Are there any other events coming up? We do. We have, um, for Wise County, we have a women's self-defense class on October 27th at Peak Performance. This is a free class from 2 p.m. to 4 p.m. And so if anybody that's listening wants to join us, they can call the Wise Hope Shelter and Crisis Center and get registered for that event. It's free, but we do want to have a list because we are limiting the participants and want to make sure that we have enough room for everybody that's interested. And this is for women, girls, This is for teens. 13 and over. Women and girls. Women and girls. And yes. this is just general self-defense, like, you know, on the street or in your home or wherever it happens to be. Is that correct? Yes, yes. We did something similar to this in April for Sexual Assault Awareness Month. Mm-hmm. And it was a lot of how to break out of a hold or how to get mm-hmm. away from somebody who maybe is um, trying to get up to you or next mm-hmm. to you or things of that nature. Just being aware of your surroundings. Mm-hmm. So the folks there at Peaks Performance is really good about just keeping that overall awareness of if this person does this, then this is what you're going to do next. And so giving them tips and and clues on how to maneuver out of certain situations. Mm -hmm. Very good. Do they teach me how to, like, if I have my keys in my hands, where is a good place to... Yes, they actually did go over some of those factors as well as um, um, where you can, where the weakness is for your opponent and um, how you can, how you may be a small person, but you can still overpower a big person by just making these simple moves. And during the self-defense class that they hosted in April, it was very interesting and a little bit humorous to watch some of these younger girls take down some of these older guys and these bigger guys that are, they're, they're, mm-hmm. you know, they're skilled in this, and they were taking a knee and taking an elbow to them <laughs> and taking them down. So mm-hmm. we hope to see that um, for the upcoming event as well, just so people feel empowered and feel aware of um, how to help themselves when yeah. they're in a situation that they may need to have help. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's, that's very important. I've, yes. I've been very interested in these, um, but every time you have one, it's on a Saturday that I have to work. <laughs> Oh, no. So like, Missed it. <laughs> Darn. But I'm pretty sure I could use my keys as a weapon. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> so Wise Hope serves victims of domestic violence or sexual assault. Mm-hmm. And like I said earlier, we have three different locations for our crisis centers. So Wise, Jack, and Montague County. We also have a safety shelter. And so we can provide shelter for somebody who needs a safe place to stay. We have counseling, advocacy for protective orders, working with families on education. We have some classes that we do called Healthy Relationships. And uh, we also do that healthy relationship class in the school system as well. So we go into the schools and talk about bullying and respect and um, diversity and things that look like what does a healthy relationship look like Mm -hmm. so we talk to them about those things all of our services are free we have a 24-hour hotline that's answered at all times of the day anytime that anybody needs anything and that number is 866-684-4855 so there's always somebody there that can talk to you if you need any help or reach out to anybody and you help people um, if they come in and they need a protective order. You walk them through the process on that, and 
Yes, they can come in and do the protective order with an advocate. And then that advocate advocates for them with our county attorney office to um, to get that protective order in place and just steps with them, stays with them through the steps, court okay. accompaniment, that sort of thing. That's cool. Yeah. Can, um, <laughs> I, I just whenever I have some, some questions All right. here. Okay. Um, I didn't want to interrupt in the middle, um, but... If, uh, yeah, go ahead. Now's a good what time. Are you <laughs> um, let's see. So, uh, when there are cases of domestic violence in the news, do you hear from more people who call for help? Yes, we definitely see some trends that happen mm-hmm. from a societal level, and it trickles all down to, to us as well. And so, when we had the um, big me, the Me Too hashtag Me Too movement mm-hmm. back a couple years ago, we saw an influx with that. And I think it's because when we put it out there in society, and we're seeing it on our social medias, and we're seeing Hollywood represent an issue that they have dealt with, it makes it a little easier for victims to reach out they're starting to understand you're right this is wrong i need some help and so we see those those um those influxes like that because because they they're making those connections that that's not that's not the way i should have been treated right yeah it's it's just i don't know it's often surprising how often redundancy (laughs) sorry (laughs) anyway yes i think that we're both surprised a lot when you hear people talk about these things like they're not really aware. Like they just don't know that it's wrong or that there's something wrong. And you'd think that someone that's in, in a situation like that, well, they would just know like, oh, I shouldn't be treated like this. But right. it's, just, it's crazy how many people are in those situations that you hear about or are people that talk about those those kinds of situations and just just like it's, it's normal or, or they should feel... You know, I guess uh, there's probably amount of shame involved. Yeah, shame, guilt, mm-hmm. um, the fact that so so much of the time, family violence is supposed to be considered a private matter, and so there's a lot of contributing factors to why somebody doesn't just leave. And it may be that they're you know dependent on their abuser for an income. Or if I leave, how am I going to feed my kids? Or if I leave, where am I going to go? Mm-hmm. His family or or the abuser's family knows where I live or who my family is and where is a safe place for me to be. And so oftentimes they, people stay because they don't have the knowledge of the resources that are, are there for them. Mm-hmm. Um, so another question, what are the signs besides physical abuse that someone is in an abusive relationship? So there are a lot of other signs that go along with domestic violence. So it could be a mental situation, emotional abuse, mm-hmm. financial abuse, sexual abuse. It all, all of those contribute to some sort of dynamics of abuse. And it could be equally in weight as physical abuse. The emotional damage that somebody can do to somebody else can have just as many effects on that person as as being hit or slapped mm-hmm. or things of that nature. Mm-hmm. Um, how can we help someone that we think is in an abusive relationship? Um, being a friend to them, being um, being an encourager to them, helping them to think about the things that are their safety needs, providing resources such as going and seeing my, you know, go see my friends at Wise Hope or um, you, you can talk to... L- Talk to them and help. Let them help you. Um, re um, 
reconfirming that they're not at fault and that the person that's treating them wrongly is, should not be treating them that way. The, the way they're being treated is not okay and that they deserve to be treated better. And I think the biggest one is just being there for them. Mm-hmm. So many um, times our victims will be telling us that um, they had nobody or when, when it, at the worst of their abuse that their friends, you know, were no longer supportive of them or their family was telling mm-hmm. them, you know, that they, they needed to go get help somewhere else. Mm-hmm. And so I think the biggest one is just being there for them, mm-hmm. just simply being there for them. Being support. Yes. And, and um, I've seen some, some things recently, like in social media and things where they, there's an emphasis on how important it is to believe somebody Mm-hmm. When they tell that, tell you that they're in yes. a situation like that. Good, good way to say that. Definitely the belief. Um, mm-hmm. So oftentimes our victims also tell us that nobody believed me. Mm-hmm. I went to the police department. And he, they said the abuser's just mad. Just give them mm-hmm. some time to cool down. They didn't believe that the abuse was as bad as it was. Mm-hmm. And so yes, just standing there with them and saying, "I'm here for you. I believe you. I support you." makes a huge impact. And I, I know that can be particularly hard for supporters when they know both of the people involved. Yes. Like if they're fr- already friend, like if it's a husband and wife or situation like that, and they're mm-hmm. friends with both of those people, um, I know that would probably make it hard. Yes. It definitely puts those people that are connected to their lives in kind of a, in, in a sticky situation. And, and how do you support one person mm-hmm. when this person's my family or how do I provide help when I'm also, you know, I also want to support this other person that's involved as well. And so I think in any of those circumstances, we have to look at safety first. And so if it's, 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 if safety is in jeopardy, then we have to be able to be there for the person that's not in the safest position and helping them. Mm-hmm. Um, so I know often I hear uh, the Wise Hope Shelter referred to as Wise Hope Women's Shelter, um, but you also provide shelter for children in those situations and yes. um, like other other victims. Like, do you ever have men yes. that are in an abusive relationship that come and need help? Absolutely, absolutely. Mm-hmm. It is not just a women's shelter. Mm-hmm. It is a victim safety shelter. Mm-hmm. So our statistics are one in four women are in abusive mm-hmm. relationships. One in seven men are in abusive relationships. So if a man is a victim of domestic violence and needs to come to our shelter and he has children with him, then we accept them just as much as we accept the woman and her children. Mm-hmm. And um, we provide services for them on equal and they they experience being a victim in the same way mm-hmm. some of the same you know emotional um guilt and and um and feeling of hurt and betrayal they experience all of those same emotions as well um i'm being a man myself <laughs> I'm sure, you know i can i can speak from kind of that that place but i'm sure that you know for men it's uh it might be harder in some cases because mm-hmm. there's this kind of expectancy of men are the, you know, the strong ones and, and, you know, why would they be abused? Why should they put up with that? Or whatever the case, you know, the popular thinking yes. is. Yes. So I'm sure they deal with that as well. Yeah. I definitely think that there, there's an extra layer of, um, what would the word be? An extra layer of, sense of responsibility maybe when mm-hmm. it comes to a man who is the victim in, this scenario because like you said there's some social factors Mm -hmm. that lay on top of his shoulders that 
he's a victim, but he also has this social idea that he's supposed to be the the provider, the one in control of his family, the one who takes care of things. And so when he, if a, a male victim comes in, we let them know that it is okay. You are mm-hmm. still, you are still a provider. You are still, you are still the man of your family. Mm-hmm. It's okay that these things happen to you. Cool. Very good. And again, just being there to believe their story mm-hmm. and to and to support them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it seems like it'd be a different level of shame on their part. Yes, because they feel like not only the shame of being in that kind of relationship, but also the and you can't see my air quotes here, but the <laughs> failure. Mm-hmm. Yes. Of, yes. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I I do think it's just just those societal. Mm-hmm. pressures that are put on us to fit these certain roles that our society believes that we're supposed to have and mm-hmm. so it it's believed that a man should be able to take care of what's in his house on his own and sometimes that's not always the the case like right. i said safety comes first and mm-hmm. if he has to leave an abusive relationship for his himself and his children's safety then we support that and we 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 commit you know we recommend that because that's that's what's best mm. Very good. Chris and I were on the same level. Like, I was right about to ask, and he's all like, bam. <laughs> that's, that's how we do. <laughs> um, so what about in cases with children or teens that maybe don't have, like maybe they're, they have abusive parents, um, and how would things look different in a situation like that? And it's just the child or the teen that's come and is needing help and is maybe, you know, uh, they're minors, so they don't, um, I guess they're not, they're obviously not treated like adults in a legal Mm -hmm. respect, so. Well, and we absolutely can provide some services for them as well, and we network with all of our community resources. Mm -hmm. So if it's somebody who happens to be a minor, then if if the situation warrants getting um, child protective services involved, then we may need to do that next step in our in our connections with the, our resources mm-hmm. in the community. And we we provide resource connections with all of our clients depending on what their situation is. So yes, if there's a if there's a minor involved, their resources might look a little bit different, but mm-hmm. safety being our number one priority, right. we just look at it in that in that aspect of what can we do to provide you the what you need right now at your time, your space, your moment mm-hmm. to get you to safety. Mm-hmm. And take care of that that need first. Yes. To make sure that they're away from the danger and and not feeling in a place where they're threatened or Yes, absolutely. I'll, I'll, that's good. I like that. The emphasis on on that first being on you safety know, first. Mm, yes. Yeah. And then take care of the all the other stuff. Yes, absolutely. Good. So if I had a friend that was going through something like that and they hadn't necessarily reached out to me yet, are there any signs or any red flags that I would be able to observe and then be like, oh, I, and then maybe approach them or just let them know that I'm there. Yes, yes. So not necessarily your friends, not necessarily showing up with physical mm-hmm. bruising, but there's maybe some other other things that clue you into some unhealthy relationship mm-hmm. behaviors happening. I would look for signs of depression signs of the other partner being controlling 
um, whether it be checking in with that person or the the victim maybe needing to check in with their their partner on a real regular basis, how often they're receiving text messages maybe, um, that might be a clue. Um, controlling what they spend if you're out and you're you're you know maybe shopping or something and and the other partner is constantly texting and asking what are you doing now how much money are you spending those might be some clues to there being an abusive situation happening that's not necessarily physical but something else that's happening that's that shouldn't be that's the the creating of the unhealthy relationship okay and again i I keep thinking back to like the situation with children and and minors, like in a scenario like that, um, is there anything that you would recommend for some, you know, like a third a third party, like you know, someone like us, if we were to see a child that we thought was in a situation like that? I would say that you, if you were to see something like that, that your first reach out would need to be Child Protective Services. Okay. Then the next step could be us, just mm-hmm. to. Um, just to give us some insight on what was what you witnessed and if that um, referral goes beyond CPS or child protective services then we connect we we have a great working relationship with CPS and so we communicate with them about the needs that somebody may be having if they are referring either a client over to us or us referring a client over to them okay in kind of that same vein there, like if I have a teenage niece or something and I suspect maybe dating violence, um, would that also require like maybe referring them to Wise Hope because they are, you know, a minor in their teenage years or yes. getting parents involved or, I mean, I'm not sure what that step is there because when Chris mentioned that that's kind of what I thought was like you know a teenager being in that kind of situation Mm -hmm. without really much resources or recourses Mm -hmm. yes and absolutely we are a resource for those teens that are experiencing um, teen dating violence and um, we are we see an influx of that as well recently Mm -hmm. where we have more and more people reaching out to us because they either know a teen or they suspect that a teen is in a in a abusive relationship and so yes reaching out to us would be a good place and then like I said we we network with our resources around us so each and each situation may be different so mm-hmm. if there is a law that needs to be maybe a law is being broken then we can work with that client to get the those protections in place for them so if it's a you know a minor situation and mm-hmm. and there's some abuse then they're the abuser needs to be reported as well. And we encourage for, for that. Good. Um, when you go and talk at, to schools and such like that, is uh, teen dating violence a topic or mainly just like you mentioned bullying or? Okay, yes. Actually, I'm glad you brought that up because typically with the bullying, that's the younger levels, the elementary school levels. When we go out and talk with the high school students, we talk about teen dating violence. We talk about sexual assault. We talk about date rape drugs. We talk about um, how to keep yourself safe, how to keep your friends safe, and just the whole spectrum on what healthy versus unhealthy looks like. Mm-hmm. for those younger years mm-hmm. for those teen, uh, teen years sorry yeah and it's a 
difficult age. Yeah. Barely starting to experience dating and then not really right so many of them are just finally getting out from underneath um maybe mom and dad's Mm -hmm. rules have been a little bit uh relaxed because they're getting a little bit older and experiencing a little bit more maturity and so it definitely changes the dynamics of how the relationships work when they're experiencing some more freedoms Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah it's important for them to learn early on because a lot of times i know pardon sorry um, you know, they're, a lot of what they're they're taught is just whatever they see in television or whatever they hear from their friends, and you know their parents may or may not have talked to them about that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. So yes, uh, yes, it's important for them to to get it. Yeah, that idea of what is healthy, what is you know correct and say you know safe behavior in those those kind of situations and and you know boundaries and dating and things like mm-hmm. that. Yes, so that's so, great. So many of our statistics tell us that if children growing up in relation or growing up in families where there is either domestic violence or sexual assault present, they are typically either abusers or victims later on in their romantic relationships. Mm -hmm. And so that's part of the reason that we go into the schools is because Mm -hmm. we see that need to teach them some some new information some healthy information at a younger age so the way they don't become what they kind of grew up seeing and witnessing Mm -hmm. so the way they know that there's other options out there it's the big question is you know what can we do to help and does this mean like to help help the organization organization. (laughs) what Uh, can we do to help wise hope okay so there's lots of ways to help we take volunteers And so that may be um, teaching a life skill class over at the shelter or maybe doing some things there at the office. And we also um, take donations. So any, um, typically what we tell people is anything that your house needs, our house needs too. So um, so paper goods and cleaning supplies, laundry detergents, things of that nature, we we um, take those donations. We also take used donations. We have a resale shop in Bridgeport called the Hope Chest. Mm-hmm. And so there, if you um, have some used clothing items or used household items, you can donate there. All the money that um, comes into the Hope Chest stays at Wise Hope, so it stays within our agency. And then the other great thing is our clients get to show shop at the Hope Chest for free And so they have a voucher that they can take over there. So oftentimes when they leave their abusive situation, they're leaving with just what Mm -hmm. they have. And so they may stay at the shelter for a little bit and then they get to go to the Hope Chest and and get a couch if we have a couch or a TV if we have a TV Mm -hmm. or pots and pans and, and, you know, even even home decor so that a way they can make their new home comfortable and welcoming and inviting. So so that that gets to do both ways. So donations at the hope chest are very welcome oh, nice um the hope chest is located on hustle street they're on their main street yes yes 1117 hustle mm-hmm. street it's got a purple awning on the top of it and our hope chest logo on the window very good and then you, you take um items as donations as well as monetary donations you said yes and absolutely. and is that like gently used items as well or do we need to buy something new to bring Nope, gently used items as well. Okay. So all of it. <laughs> Things in good condition and that are still useful. Yes. Okay, excellent. So do you know anything about the history of the Domestic Violence Awareness Month? Is that a relatively new thing? or? 
I am not sure how long it's been practiced. Um, <laughs> um, I'm just going to look it up. But I know that um, But we use this month to really bring some awareness and highlight our statistics and our services so we can be out there in the community just helping the community understand that we're a vital resource. One of the other things I saw on your Facebook page was the One Purple Nail. Yes, we have a campaign called Put a Nail, Put the Nail in It. And it is, um, you just paint one, your ring finger, left hand, purple. And finger nail, purple. <laughs> and, um, <laughs> and that is a great conversation starter for when somebody asks, why do you have just your one nail painted purple? You can start the conversation about domestic violence and letting them know that Wise Hope is a resource. Um, yeah, we just looked up a little information on Domestic Violence Awareness Month. All right. Do you want to hear it? Yes. It uh, looks like it. Uh, take, of course, takes place every October and evolved from a day of unity first absorbed observed in October 1981 by the National Coalition Against Domestic Violence. It's a way to connect survivors of abuse uh, and advocates across the nation um, working against violence against to end violence against women and their children, and it just kind of evolved from there. Awesome. So, so from the day of unity in 1981. So wow. it's been around for a while. Yeah. Long time. That feels weird to say that. Because <laughs> I was born in the 80s, and now I'm saying that was a long time that was ago. A long time ago. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <Yeah>. Aside there. <laughs> the realizations. Yeah. So, um, and you, rec- you recommend the, uh, the put a nail in it as a way to raise awareness. Um just from a like my own experience, like as someone who's not a victim of domestic violence and things like that, sometimes I feel like I can't, like I, I shouldn't do things like that because I can't identify. Right. Um, and I don't, I don't. I mean, I'm saying I should feel that way or whatever, but um, I don't know. What are your thoughts on that? As someone who, you know, I haven't been there. But I still want to, you know, we still want to be there to help people that have... You're an ally and an advocate. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. Because you don't have to necessarily have experienced domestic violence to still be a supporter of healthy relationships. Mm -hmm. And so if you're looking at it from that perspective and looking at supporting just healthy relationships, you can still do those things in awareness, whatever it may be that you're comfortable in participating in or Mm -hmm. or bringing awareness to, Mm -hmm. and still having those conversations of, of, you know, I'm here to support you, I'm here to be your friend, I'm here to believe you, I'm here to, to, you know, I can tell you where some of your resources are. Mm -hmm. So I think that there's still that level in which you can participate, even if you don't necessarily know the ins and outs of all of it. And you just get people to ask and and then make people aware. Yes, absolutely. Awesome. But Wise Hope is also available to people that have experienced sexual violence as well, and not just domestic violence. Yes, so it can be um, uh, domestic violence and or sexual assault. And so we help um, we help those victims as well. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, another question: Do you ha- do you have 
uh, I mean, you have resources for people that are trying to get out of those situations. Do you also have or can direct people to resources that um, are maybe not in those situations any longer, but are in the recovery process and are needing help? Yes, absolutely. Crisis doesn't always resolve itself in a in a, a certain time span. And mm-hmm. what one victim experiences may be very different from what another victim experiences. So at any point in their journey, it could be a childhood, a childhood um, situation that happened. And as they're coming into their adult years, they're realizing that they're dealing with some, some issues that are resulting from the childhood trauma that they experienced. And so we can absolutely be a vital part in their journey for, for them. And like I said earlier, we have our counselor. Mm-hmm. All of our services are free. So if they need to come in for something that, that you know, maybe they, th- maybe the victim thinks, well, that happened too long ago. I, I should be quote unquote right. over it by now. Mm-hmm. Uh, that crisis doesn't work like that. And we we recognize that crisis does not necessarily resolve in a time span. So we mm-hmm. we handle and work with victims on where they're at in their space and time. I think one of the things that comes up kind of often in, um, at least whenever I look at social media, is um, like triggers and triggered, um, having that trauma triggered from yes. content. Uh-huh. Um, mm-hmm. I think it's become kind of a, I don't know, quite the word for it, but you know, when people are like trigger warnings, I think yes. they become much more of a, I'm not sure how to. Are you trying to say that maybe it's like overused yeah. to the extent that it has kind of lost its, kind of lost its, its, its gravity? Its meaning, yeah. yeah. Yes, absolutely. Unfortunately, I do think it's kind of lost its meaning, meaning especially in our social media context. It mm-hmm. just kind of seems like it's out there all the time. But there is the real side of that, and the real side of that very closely connected to PTSD. And so, yes, there are definitely some triggers that may be something that somebody, and it may be something that they've experienced in their past and something happens now and they're connecting, oh, wait a minute, that that doesn't feel good or that doesn't feel fit right. So they know that that's, you know, something that maybe from their past that they still need mm-hmm. to um, to talk with somebody about or work through a situation so but yes i do believe that triggers are definitely a part of um both sexual assault and domestic violence victims mm-hmm. deal with their own and it's all uniquely individual to to that spe- right you know that person and so finding what that is so that a way they know what their triggers are so they can as a victim know that you know i i need to be aware of this scenario or this situation and our counselor works with our victims for that, so that a way they're aware of what their triggers are and where they what what makes them uncomfortable, what's comfortable for them, where their level is at. Uh, well, and um, so you don't do any of the counseling yourself, or you just uh... no, I am not a licensed counselor. Okay. We do have a licensed professional counselor on staff, and she takes care of the needs for for our clients. Okay, because the next thing I was going to ask after the whole with the trigger warning. Mm-hmm. thing it might be something that would be better to ask a counselor i don't know i was just going to say like you know at that point when you from real when you find uh find out what those triggers are like how do you begin you know is it is it like a matter of training like how to avoid or deal with those things and 
I don't, I don't know if that's something that you can Yeah, I, I definitely think a, a licensed professional would be counselor better. would be yeah. better to okay. answer that one. <laughs> right, cool. and, and from what you said earlier, it seems like it could be different for every person. Right. Yes, and, and so I definitely that, think that that that's, work in that process. Yeah, definitely think that each individual person has to find where mm-hmm. where they're at in the process. And, and working with a counselor or professional counselor would, would be the best way to go about that. Well, I'm really, I think that's really, I'm glad to hear that, that they, they have resources for people that, mm-hmm. that are not, you know, that just need, need that counseling, need help. And are, you know, it's not just for people that are, that are trying to get out of the situation. I, I, just having that available for people for no charge. Yes. Um, so I just, yeah, I think that's awesome. People need to be aware of that. That's a yeah. great service that y'all have. Yes. I think so many people are scared to reach out and mm-hmm. get help because of the, mm-hmm. the cost factor and mm-hmm. all of our services are free, all of them. And I don't want that to be something that's a barrier to somebody mm-hmm. out there who needs our help because that we, we want to reduce those barriers. So reach mm-hmm. out and get the help that you need and it's free. Definitely getting the word out to as many people as possible. Mm-hmm. is so helpful because if you don't know it's there <laughs> right right yeah we we try to do what we can in the community to keep our our resources available so people know before they actually need us mm-hmm. in hopes of course that they don't need us but we want people to to know who we are that we're here for them and yeah, we've been we've been around for a little over fourteen years, and we still have community members that don't aren't aware that we have services right here. And so it's it it takes time, and and oftentimes people don't know we're there because they haven't needed us. Mm-hmm. It's once they need us that they become a, a little better aware of who we are and what we do. And if someone wanted to contact Wise Hope and not just the 24-hour hotline, but wanted to contact Wise Hope, how would I go about doing that? Yes, our office number is 940-626-4585. Office hours for Wise County's location is Monday through Thursday, 9 to 5, and Friday from 9 to 1. All right, well, thank you so much, Janice, for joining us. Yeah, thank you, Janice. Thank you for having me out. Mm -hmm, Absolutely. Yeah. And thank you listeners for listening to the long overdue podcast.